Hi, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Sickens. I hope you're having a great day today. Today is an advice from a CEO episode, and we're going to talk about why people are quitting their jobs. I just read a statistic that 44% of employees are looking for new jobs right now. That was according to Willis Tower Watson's 2022 Global Benefit Attitudes Report. That was a mouthful. Uh, but 44% of people are looking for new jobs. That's crazy. And that is taking into consideration the millions and millions and millions of people who have already left their jobs to find new ones. And so this is an issue. Why are people quitting? And then you have the flip side where there are reports of unfilled positions. I know that most of our supply chain issues are because our suppliers can't hire enough people to, uh, to be able to build the, the components that we need. And so if there's such a tight labor market and so many people are leaving and looking to leave their work, what is going on here? Why are we seeing this era of great resignation? Why are we seeing such a tight labor market? Why are people not wanting to work some of these jobs that are out there? And so that's what I want to talk about today. So I've got some opinions on it, uh, what I think is going on. And I think it has to do with people saying, I don't want to work and crappy jobs anymore. I want better working conditions. I want better pay. I want better work-life balance. And it's evident that companies are just not creating the jobs, the careers that people want. In fact, I had this conversation with one of my direct reports uh, when we were looking for a uh, engineering position and we couldn't find any candidates. And I said, you know, maybe it's not the candidate pool. Maybe we have a job that people don't want. Maybe we need to revamp the job description and see what happens. Like if you have job positions that are going unfilled, it's really easy to blame the workers uh, and the talent pool. But it could also be that maybe you just have jobs that people are interested in. Uh, maybe your company doesn't have a great reputation for how it treats people. I don't know. There's lots of issues. It certainly is complex. It's difficult to pinpoint it to a single issue because it isn't a single issue. It's easy to blame government entitlement programs as the main culprit. And while I'm sure there are some people who are taking advantage of those handouts, I think it has a lot more to do with people wanting to find joy and meaning in their work, wanting to feel valued and appreciated and not put up with crappy bosses and crappy jobs. And that's what I think the, the majority of it is. So as I started to dig into this, like what's going on here so that I could make sure that if we started to see higher levels of resignations at Stone Age, which luckily we haven't, that I would understand what's going on. I would know where to dig. And I talked to lots of people in my network about this and tried to understand you know, what's going on, what are they seeing, so that I could build a couple of ideas around why people are leaving. So after talking with several people in my network and and the boards that I'm on and uh, and other leaders, especially in YPO, I have narrowed it down to four real reasons why people are leaving. So first one is that families coming first. During the pandemic, many people began to reevaluate their work-life balance, saying, wow, I'm at home more often. I have a better relationship with my family. I want to spend more time with my family. And I know this, I was that way. I would travel 100,000 miles a year out of Durango, Colorado, which is very difficult. There's never a direct flight unless you're going to Denver or Dallas. And uh, so it's, it's impossible to get anywhere quickly and easily. 
And so I can relate to not wanting to, to, to travel so much. It was a, a reprieve to be at home with my family month after month. My relationship with my husband and my son both improved. And I felt a lot happier and healthier. And I am never going to go back to that kind of travel. Never. It's too hard on my mind and my body and my family. And I also worked fewer hours. I was used to working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And then when I had to homeschool my son during the beginning of the pandemic, like all of that changed. And when I wasn't traveling so much, I realized like, oh, I can actually get my job done in 40, 50, you know, less than 60 hours a week for sure. And so when my life dramatically improved, I had to imagine that the lives of others had to dramatically improve. Not everybody. There are lots of people who went through a lot of hardship, but I certainly have talked to a lot of people who've said, my family life is so much better because of the pandemic and I'm not traveling as much and I'm not working as many hours because I just reevaluated everything. And I think that's a lot of what's going on. People are looking for a renewed sense of self and a renewed sense of family. And I think people are saying, like, I'm putting my family first. I'm putting my health and my relationships first. They're more important to me than grinding it out every single day. So I think a lot of people are leaving their jobs if that role or that company doesn't fit for the vision that they have for themselves and their families um, when it comes to work-life balance and health. The second thing that I uh, that I found when I was talking to other leaders about why people are quitting and, and a couple of my friends who have left their positions, it's all about purpose and work. People want to have purpose and work. We spend eight hours plus a day working. We spend more time with our coworkers than we do with our families. And, and we give so much to our companies. And if we feel like that our personal purpose isn't aligned with the company's purpose, that the work that we do day in and day out isn't in alignment with personal purpose. I think people are saying, I'm fed up. That's not worth it to me. I'm not going to spend my time grinding it out in a job that isn't purposeful. And I think that this really matters. People want to make sure that their talents and their skills are aligned with the role that they have. They want to know that they are valued, that they are appreciated, and that they are working for something that is bigger than themselves and that it's uh, a greater impact than just making money. I think people are saying, if I'm going to work eight to 10 hours a day, I want to feel good about what I accomplished. Um, I want it to be good for me, not just for the benefit of the company. And so I think that's a big reason why people are leaving. And statistics corroborate this. So according to a Gallup poll, only four in 10 people felt strongly that the mission and purpose of the company made them feel like their job was important. Now, that statistic is compelling and business leaders need to pay attention to it. Teams, leaders need to pay attention to this. Third, bad jobs are bad jobs. There, there's just no getting around it that some jobs are just bad. Some jobs suck. They have low pay. They have long hours. They have unsafe work condition, conditions, rude customers. You know, that's a tough job. And I think people are saying, I'm fed up with it. Like, I don't want to work in an environment where I'm not treated well, where I'm not paid well, where I'm not appreciated, where this job is just not a good job. It's a dead end job. It's not going to go anywhere. And so I think that's that's a, a, a big aspect of, of why people are quitting. I have a friend who works for a global airline 
And she told me this, she left her position last year and she said, I'm tired of being treated like I don't have feelings or value. I cannot control my company's decisions, but I am on the receiving end of customers anger and frustration all the time. And I don't feel seen and heard by my company um, because, you know, they keep these policies that make it so difficult to give good customer service. And I dread going to work every day because my customers are always upset, always mad and taking it out on me and I'm done. The pay isn't worth it. I didn't feel bad about myself. I'm done. And I think that's huge. I mean, we all are in this together, whether we want to um, admit it or not. And how we treat people, whether it's our employees, our colleagues or coworkers, or how we show up as customers, make people want to stay in their jobs or not. And so I think that's a really big one. So bad jobs are bad jobs. And having a crappy boss and having crappy customers does not inspire people to want to stay in those positions. And then the fourth, the fourth thing that I found is there's a lot of entrepreneurial aspirations out there. And I know I have had um, a couple of employees leave Stone Age to go start their own businesses, which I think is so amazing. If, if we can help uh, uh, people be able to feel that entrepreneurial spirit, then I say go for it. That's so exciting. I think people should absolutely take their career in their own hands, their dreams in their own hands. And if they want to start a company, start a company. Um, and so I think many people are leaving to work for themselves and this could be, yes, I want to go start a company or, Hey, um, I can do this work from anywhere. I have a valuable service. I have valuable talents that I can bring. Why do I have to work for a company? Maybe I can just do this on my own. So solopreneurship is dramatically increasing because people are saying, Hey, I can do this on my own. I can be in charge of my own schedule. I can serve my clients from anywhere. So I'm going to go perform this, this job on my own and do, do it myself. And so um, I think that people who have always dreamed of working for themselves, but just said, oh, the risk isn't worth it. When the pandemic came and they saw that there was this ability for them to go out and, and, and build their own business, they're taking it. And so I think a lot of people are leaving to, to go do that. And now that a lot of households have two incomes in them, the benefits of staying in a, in a crappy job or a job that you don't love, a job you don't feel purposeful to, a job that doesn't allow for that work-life balance can really outweigh like, okay, you know, the risk of, okay, I'm scared to go do this. So I think that that is another reason. So what do businesses do? Now you'll notice that most of these reasons have nothing to do with pay. Now pay is important, especially in these very um, inflationary times uh, where our money is going a lot less further and in a tight labor market, certainly people can command higher wages. But most of the reasons why people are leaving is that they're just not fulfilled at work. They don't feel appreciated at work. They feel like they don't have the work-life balance that they're looking for where their skills and their talents are aligned with their role, where they want to follow their entrepreneurial passions. You know, compensation is important, but it's just not the primary reason why most people leave. Certainly some, but not most. Employees want a happy workplace. They want a healthy workplace. They want a flexible work schedule. They want their companies to understand that families come first and that, that they are showing up as a whole person, not just a worker there to do a job. They want to work for companies that value them and respect their time. And they want to work in businesses where the customers aren't abusive and rude, where they treat them well. 
So leaders need to address the root causes of these issues. And it really comes down to building people-centric organizations, um, uh, building in more flexibility into their workspaces, creating recognition programs, like really taking a good look at your culture and recreating it in a way that puts relationships and connecting first, it puts your employees first. And those who don't will be left behind, I'm afraid. So that is my uh, thoughts on on why people are quitting. You may agree with me, you may not, but I hope that that gives you some insight. And I'm actually even giving a keynote on this very topic in San Antonio in a week or so, uh, talking about the importance of building people-centric organizations. In fact, the top leadership trends are really about um, are really about building b building people up, connecting relationships. It's not technology. It's not about profits. It's really about people. And I think that this great resignation, this great reshuffle, the great disconnect, whatever you want to call it, um, is really about people-centric organizations and employees saying, "Hey, I want to work. I want to work in a better place. I want to work in a better environment." Okay. Question of the week comes from um, somebody who follows me on Facebook and who said, hey, I am trying to implement change and I have a team who's very resistant to change. What should I do? And that's a great question because people are absolutely resistant to change. And it's mostly because they fear the unknown or they don't want to have to do the work required to change. It's usually those two things of like, ugh, I'm so tired. Do I really have to do this? Like, ugh, I have to learn something new. It feels overwhelming to change or it's I'm really comfortable in what, what I'm doing right now or where we're at. And this change is going to bring something new. And I don't know if I'm going to be successful. I don't know what the outcome is. So, um, so they really resist change. So there's kind of two ways that I approach um, helping teams do that. And that is one, you know, bring them along, bring them along. That's the best way is to help them see what the change is going to be, to maybe take it in little chunks, right? You don't have to swallow the whole elephant in one bite. Okay, here's what the change is. Here's the vision that we're trying to create. But here's a simple thing that we're going to do to start us down this path. And then we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And I think if people see that it's not this big, huge, overwhelming change overnight, they're more willing to get on board and they have a greater sense of commitment because they're along for the journey. They're part of the process of, of creating that change. So, you know, just remember, it's all about creating buy-in creating the um, the feeling that people are in this, that they get to have a say in it, and that it's not going to be some, you know, rip the rug out from underneath people kind of change, that it's going to happen in small, uh, you know, bite-sized chunks, so to speak, where people can embrace it and get used to it over time. The other way about doing this is ripping the Band-Aid off. <laughs> and saying we're going to change and we have to. And sometimes this is just the way you have to do things. Like my husband is just implementing a new ERP system. Uh, he was on QuickBooks and his company not scalable for the size of his company now. So it was said, hey, we are going to do an ERP implementation and we're going to um, we're going to make a major change. And we have to. We can't grow the company if we stay on this system. 
And that was kind of like a rip the bandaid off one. And of course he worked to bring the, his team along in the selection of the software and the implementation, but it wasn't a choice. Um, it wasn't bite-sized chunks. It was, we're not going to use this system and we're going to change to this one. And it's going to upend all of our processes and everything is going to change. And it rocked people's world and it's absolutely scary. But what you have to do in that case is really hear people out and provide lots of training, lots of opportunity to talk through things, um, you know, give people time to get comfortable with the change. Most people in a couple of months after the change happens, maybe even sooner, have forgot all about, oh, yeah, that was how I used to do it. And they're into the new process. It's just, it just has a little bit of that learning curve and a little bit of time to get through it. But sometimes you just have to be like in your face. We're going to have to do this. And um, and here's why. And we're going to help everybody along for it. But it's not that bite-sized chunk. And so, you know, I would take those two approaches as one, how can you go slow and and bring people along and take it off in small chunks? And two, you know, here's the why that we have to do this bigger one. Yes, it's much more direct. Yes, there's less conversation about, you know, if we're going to do it, we are going to do it. But here's how we're going to bring you along so that you feel more comfortable as we go through this change. Always, 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 no matter which approach you have to take, always hear people out. Always ask for feedback. Always give people an opportunity to express their concerns, express their fear. Um, and that way they feel heard through the process. And most people, that's the most important thing is that I feel heard and I know that I have the support to go through this change. So hopefully that helps. Um, I know it's always hard. I certainly have uh, driven a lot of change at Stone Age and have seen, um, you know, people react really positively, really negatively to it. I've certainly run great train change management programs, uh, and I've blown it uh, several times. People are just like, what are we doing and why? And, um, and it wasn't successful. So I get it. Some go well, some don't. Depends on the change. Um, depends on how you roll it out. But always share the why. Always hear people out. And if you can get that buy-in beforehand, uh, that's really, really important aspect. You know, not always, it's not always possible to do that, but if you can, um, definitely get people's buy-in beforehand and let them be part of the process. Okay, that is it for advice from a CEO and Reflect Forward today. I look forward to seeing you next week uh, for another fantastic interview. If you like this podcast, please write a review, rate it, subscribe to it, share it, send it to a friend. It uh, always helps with the algorithms. Thanks so much. See you next week.